he mentioned in the beginning of service before we, we start worship. He said, it's hotter in New York than it is in Florida right now. This is when you know we're actually um, at the end time. <laughs> Amen. It's so good to be here, even though it's really, really hot outside today. Um, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you made it. And um, I have a special word for us this morning. I believe God can speak to you. I believe God can change you. I believe God can open your eyes to see new things and to be inspired and to leave these doors here today a different person, completely changed, with a, with a new spirit, with a, a new, new motivation. Amen. You guys with me? All right. Amen. Before we jump into um, scripture, I just want to say you know, welcome to Vine Church. If you're watching us online, I don't know if you guys know, we're streaming online right now. Uh, if you're watching us online, welcome. Um, but I also want to stress that it is important that you um, go to a local church and congregate somewhere um, and be a part of a family and a group of people. But if you're ever in the area, you're more than welcome to come visit us. And um, you can also um, uh, listen to our podcast after service during the week if you miss a Sunday as well. And I just want to say that here at our church, we have open door policies. We believe that everybody is welcome. Everyone is welcome. We just have this, it doesn't matter policy. Everybody is welcome. And you don't have to believe to belong. You don't have to change yourself to belong. But one thing I'll tell you, we'll keep preaching about Jesus. We'll keep preaching about God and his mercy because we believe in him. We believe he's real. We believe he changed our lives and he can change yours as well. Amen. Awesome. Um, and before we jump into the word, can we just pray one more time? And uh, I'd like for you to pray for yourself. If, you're, if you feel comfortable, pray for yourself as well. And what are you going to pray? Just say, God, speak to me. You know, um, there's this verse in the Bible that says, taste and see that God is good. And right now, um, I think we can put God to the test and say, Lord, I want to find your goodness. Speak to me this morning. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, I pray that you would share this message, that you'd use me to share this message, Lord, and to open our eyes to see who you are for who you are, to see your goodness and your kindness and your mercy toward us that is real and, and, and tangible, Lord. I just pray that you'd open our eyes to see your beauty and to fall in love with you, Jesus. I pray that we would grow in assurance and in confidence today, not in ourselves, but in you, Jesus, and who you are, not in what we can offer you, but what you have done for us already. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Is the confidence you need. The confidence you need. Can you repeat after me? Say confidence. Come on, can you say it with a little bit more confidence? Say confidence. I don't know if you know, but this matters. And it matters a great deal. Let me share a story with you before we jump into this passage of scripture. Um, Growing up, I was always really, really tiny. You can say, well, Pastor Tim, you're, you're still short. Well, I was shorter. And up until, up until like, up until I was like 17 years of age, I was still shorter than my mom. And that's not nice. You know, that's not a cool thing. You know, you're a teenager and you're still shorter than your mother. Now, in case you don't know who my mom is, I mean, she's tiny. My mom, she, she's tiny. She's super, super skinny, super, super short. And imagine me, I, me and my, my twin brother, Guy, both of us, 
growing up, we were really, really tiny. We were really, really skinny. Um, and so it wasn't really cool. But for some reason, man, I, I just had a short temper. Growing up, <laughs> for some reason, I still had a short temper. Like, I was angry all the time. And, and some, people, some people who actually knew me growing up, they tell me, Tim, you have changed so much. I'm like, no, you have no idea. You guys know the Hope, Incredible Hope? There's a scene in, in um, I think, the first Avengers movie. He shares a secret with the rest of the Avengers. He tells them, look, my secret is I'm always angry. I feel like that's the same with me. I just got the Holy Spirit in me now. That's the only difference. I still, I got the Holy Spirit in me now working patience, long-suffering, kindness, all of those things. But anyway, so growing up, I was really, really tiny, really, really short. And, uh, but I had a really short temper as well. <laughs> really short temper. And... Um, no kid would mess with me for two reasons. First reason is because me and my brother would always attend the same classes. So there was both of us. So that meant that if you messed with one, doesn't matter how short we were, right? You messed with both of them. And not only that, I, I, had a, I have a, 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 an older brother. And I, in school, at least, it's cool to have an older brother. So no one's going to mess with me because there's two of us. You know, we're clones. They're exactly alike. And then there's an older brother yet, so no one is going to mess with me because of that. And the second reason is everybody knew I had such short temper. Everybody knew. And there's this one incident that took place, and I got into so many fights. You have no idea. And I'm not so proud, but um, um, I had some nice moves as well. But anyway, if you want to hear some stories after service, I'm, I'm more than glad to share with you. But I'm not sharing here, but just this one incident that took place. This guy, he was three times my size, my height, three times. This guy, this guy was tall. This guy was also big. And, like, in high school, man, like, no one wanted to mess with these kids. Um, you know, th these guys were the guys that played sports, and they were well-known and, you know, popular in school, whatever. And, um, and, and, like, one day, for some odd reason, I can't even remember right now, um, we just started exchanging some words. And not the word of God, if you know what I'm saying, but started exchanging some words. And, and then, like, I, he told me, all right, we'll fight after class. Like, in classroom, we started exchanging some words. And then he told me, all right, right after, right after class, right after school, we're going to fight. He told me. I was like, all right, let's do it. I was like, you know, all right, let's do it. I told him, okay, I'll, I'll meet you after school, and we'll fight. And I don't know if you ever read about the story of David and Goliath in the Bible. <laughs> David, this youngster, people say he was a teenager, fighting this giant, this soldier, Goliath, right? Um, and then it's interesting because, uh, you know, th this has to do with the message. Please bear with me. It's interesting because if you take a, a look at the story of David and Goliath, um, David comes towards, Goliath, Goliath comes towards David with his armor, with his big sword, he's well prepared, he's a soldier, David never fought a battle before, you know, he wasn't a soldier, he was a shepherd, he took care of sheep, he wasn't trained for battles, yet there he was facing off Goliath with what, a slingshot, no armor, but it's interesting because if you read the story, David would be yelling at Goliath. Like, oh, you come at me with the armor, with this armor. You come at me with swords, but I come at you with God. 
Like, I come against you with the Lord of hosts. Like, David would use his words to intimidate Goliath. It's the same thing that I used to do. Because I had nothing going on for me. Nothing. So, right after school, we there's this, uh, what is it, like a courtyard or whatever it is from the school. And I see him from a distance. I start yelling already. I start screaming, yeah, you want to fight me? You told me you want to fight me? Come on, let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Come on. And I start swinging from a distance, like from like a couple yards away, right? So let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and then at the end of the story, let me just tell you what happened. He gave up on fighting me. He gave up on fighting me. Why? Because, I mean, in his mind, I think he was thinking, this kid is crazy. He's short, but he just might kill me. He's tiny, but he just might destroy me, wreck me in front of everybody. And imagine, it would not be nice for this guy that's like three times my height to, to be beaten up by me. You understand what I'm saying? So he just gave up. And at the end of the day, he approached me later on. He's like, look, I'm sorry for what I said. I don't want to fight anymore. Are we cool? I'm like, heck yeah, we're cool. You know? It's the true story. Both of my brothers can vouch for me. And, um, and then I told my brothers when we got home, I was like, oh, my gosh, I was so scared. I was so scared. I was scared for my life. He was bigger than me and stuff. But I intimidated him. Why? Because of my confidence. I intimidated him not because of my size, not because of muscles. I didn't have any. I was so tiny. Not that I have now, but um, help me out, baby. But I was so tiny, and, and I didn't intimidate him by my appearance. I intimidated him with my confidence. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I don't know if you guys are into dogs. Um, I love animals. I really do. I would have pets or dogs at home um, today, part of our family, if it, if it was not for Brenda, because she hates animals. She loves them far away, at the zoo. That's it. Not at home. But I love dogs. We grew up with dogs, and there's just one breed of dogs that I don't like. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you have this kind of dog. The Chihuahuas. Look, I'm, I'm sorry. I love all dogs, but the Chihuahuas, and let me tell you why. It's because they're not friendly. They're only friendly to their owners. And it's the only type of dog that's like that. Usually, basically, every dog is really friendly to everybody. But I love dogs. I mean, I would love the Chihuahuas if they'd love me back. You know what I'm saying? But they don't love us. But the Chihuahuas, man, they intimidate by confidence. They'll be barking at, like, pit bulls. And they'll be barking at, like, every single other animal on planet Earth. And they're, like, this big. They're, like, insignificant in size compared to the other animals. And they're, like, come at me. Rah, rah, come at me. I'm going to wreck you. Rah, rah. Like, hold up a bit, you know. But what are they doing? What, what, what do they have? How do they intimidate other animals? It's with their confidence. I don't know if you guys understand where I go with this, but look at what Scripture says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. It says this, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the, conf the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So I don't know if you're paying attention, but the first part of the verse, it says, let us draw near in true heart 
with full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. A lot of people, they're, they're, they're with Jesus. They love Jesus. They're following Jesus. But they live in misery and in defeat because they lack assurance of faith or confidence to walk in victory. Are you guys with me? What I notice, what I see is that a lot of Christians, they've been in this journey with Christ for such a long time. But they still lack in confidence and they don't pursue and they don't seek out to build up assurance in who they are in Christ. So oftentimes we're missing the point. We're missing the goal. We're, we're not using our potential, um, you know, to the fullest as God intended for us. We're not being who God is calling us to be or we're not doing what God has called us to do. And then we give all of these excuses. Oh, it's my limitations, my lack of this. It's because I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't study enough or I didn't do this enough. Or we have all of these excuses. But let me tell you, I believe, I truly believe, if we can just grow in assurance of our faith, of the Christian faith, meaning of what Christ has done, of what God has done on your behalf, in who you are in Christ, how God sees you. If we can grow in assurance of these amazing truths, we will grow in confidence and we will even walk differently. You understand what I'm saying? We, would, we will walk with an unwavering hope inside of us with a I don't care kind of, kind, kind of attitude. I don't care the size of the storm. I don't care my lack ofs. I don't care about my limitations. I don't care about the opposition. I don't care what's going on around me. Why? Because he who is in me is greater. You understand what I'm saying? I've received the fullness of God in me, namely Christ in me. You understand what I'm saying? What else do I need? Like there's this assurance that shifts things inside of us and gives us a new attitude to face whatever may come our way. You understand what I'm saying? That impels us to walk differently, to walk in this level of victory and assurance of who God is and to step into the supernatural. And to step into the impossibilities. To step into the God-given, our God-given future. You understand what I'm saying? What lacks, many times what I see lacking is assurance. So the author of Hebrews is saying that we need to have this full assurance of our faith. Do you have full assurance of faith? Do you have full assurance of the things that God has accomplished on your behalf for your sake. Do you have assurance of the things that are available to you before God right here, right now? And let me tell you, because sometimes the bully is going to come. Sometimes the devil is going to come and he might, might seem bigger. Sometimes the storm, not sometimes, I don't know if you know, but life happens. Life happens. There are oppositions. And not just natural oppositions. There are oppositions against your God-given call. There are oppositions against the plans of God for your life. There are opposition against all of those things. And oppositions will come. Difficulties will come. Storms. Storms, the storms of life will show up. And one day, one day they'll knock at the door. Of our lives. 
what will we do then? Are we going to give up on God? Are we going to give up on our call? Are we going to settle in to mediocrity? Are we going to settle in to defeat? Are we going to settle in to bondage, to sin? Are we going to settle in to addictions? Are we going to settle in to that depression, to that anxiety, to that stress that's, that's overwhelming us every single day, that's affecting our relationships, that is affecting our mood, that's affecting our energy, our stamina for the days? Are we going to settle in for those things? Or are we going to stand up? With the hope in our hearts, knowing where we're going, knowing what we're doing, pursuing God and holding on to him so that we can walk in victory and be who he's calling us to be. And the difference, what's going to make it or break it, is the assurance you carry within your heart. Is the kind of confidence that you have within your heart. And there are so many amazing biblical truths that I see we just easily ignore. That I see that we just easily let them just just like we know the truth but it's not as if we allow the truth to overcome or win our hearts over it so what kind of assurance do you need to have what is this assurance that the author of hebrews is talking about and what are some of the assurances that you can have today so that you can walk differently because this assurance will affect your relationship with god this assurance will affect how far you'll go in this relationship with him. So it is important that we have assurance. Next part of the verse, verse 22 actually says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for who he who promised is faithful. I don't know who left this here, but God bless your heart. So the next part of the verse says, verse 22 says, let us hold fast to our confession. What is our confession? Because look, when the Bible says something, don't you think that we should pay attention? Come on, like we believe here at Vine Church that the Bible is the word of God. All of it is true. All of it is true. Therefore, we can trust everything that's in here. So when the Bible says something, and if we believe that the Bible is true, that there is no error in it, then we should take heed. We should pay attention to what the Bible is saying. We should pay attention to what the Word of God is saying. And what it's saying is, well, hold fast to your confession. All right, let's stop right here and ask some questions. Are we holding fast to our confession? Are you, as a Christian, a child of God, follower of Jesus Christ, holding fast to your confession? And what is such confession? What is this confession? Because the next part of the verse is beautiful. It says, because this confession is our hope. That we shouldn't waver in our confession because he who promised is faithful. Look, there's the promise in here. That he who promised you is faithful. God who promised you is faithful to fulfill everything he promised. So our, what are we holding on to? What is our confession? And what is the things that we, have, we, we should have assurance of in regards to our faith? Well, let me just start by the beginning. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We confess that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. 
the sins we could not atone for, the sins that separated us from God, the sin that brought upon us rightful condemnation because of our mistakes. Christ Jesus at the cross ransomed us, rescued us, saved us, redeemed us, wiped away all of our sins once and for all. You understand what I'm saying? Guys, I don't know if you know, but this is basic Christianity 101. That when we come to God, we must believe that Christ died for our sins. This is the baby steps to our confession. Part of our confession is believing that Jesus Christ died to make you right with God once and for all. Wow! This is good news. That you have been made right with God. Past tense. Because the cross took place 2,000 years ago. That you don't have to make yourself right with God. Christ has made you right with God. And the, the other part of the good news, so, so many people don't get this also, is that Christ also keeps you right with God. You don't have to keep yourself right with God. You understand what I'm saying? These two truths, Christ has made you right, and Christ keeps you right with God. And if you're right with God, that means you have full access to everything he is and everything he has. Whatever it is you, you're in need of today, right here, you have complete and full access to God because you have peace with him. Because of what Christ has done. He bridged the gap that once existed, existed between you and God. We did not have access to him. We did not have access to his favors and his blessings. We did not have access to his kindness and mercy. But through Christ, we've been brought near once and for all. It's a forever deal. It's a forever kind of deal. There's no reversing it. It's forever. So what is the assurance you should hold on to in regards to this confession? Well, first and foremost, you should know you have been completely, totally, wholly forgiven of all your mistakes. That God does not impute your sins and your mistakes against you anymore. Because he has imputed your sins and your mistakes against Christ already. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that God has imputed your sins and your mistakes, your fault. That brought about condemnation upon you. That brought about shame. It made us fearful to face God or to approach God. He has imputed your sins in Christ once and for all. You guys with me? So we have full assurance that we are forgiven. We have full assurance that we are right with God once and for all. We have full assurance that we have access to God. You understand where I'm going with this? What else? We have full and complete assurance that Christ keeps us right with God. What does that mean? That even if I sin today or tomorrow, it's not only my past sins that have been forgiven, but my present and future sins as well. So therefore, I'm always right with God. I'm in good standing with God. Because even when I sin, I can still approach him and he won't turn his back against me. You understand what I'm saying? saying even when we sin, there is still redemption in God. We can still come before God with confidence that he will not reject us and exclude us, but that he will accept us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, the assurance, the confidence that I'm talking about, it's not in ourselves. It's not in us. It's not a type of confidence 
based on what we could offer God. And this is the beauty of it all. Let me explain to you what's going on. When you're drowning in the middle of the sea, you don't need to have confidence in, in your abilities to swim and to stay afloat. You need to have confidence in the one that's rescuing you. You understand what I'm saying? Your confidence is not in yourself when you're sinking. Your confidence is not in yourself. Your confidence is in the lifeguard. You understand what I'm saying? When you're undergoing a surgery, your confidence is not in you. You understand what I'm saying? It's in the surgeon. Hello, are you, are you guys with me? When you go to the doctors, your confidence is not in yourself. Your confidence is in the doctor. You see where I'm going with this? The, our confidence is not in us. If it wasn't us, it would be a weak type of confidence. And this is the sad part. It's that oftentimes our confidence isn't us, but our confidence should be in God, our Redeemer, in God, our Healer, in God, our Protector, in God, our Provider. You understand where I'm going? In Christ, our Savior, in Christ, our Redeemer. This is our confidence, not in us. Yes, if it was left for us, up to us to save ourselves, we would be drowning. But our confidence is in the one who redeemed us. If the confidence would be in us, we would be lost. But there is one that has found us. You understand what I'm saying? And oftentimes we strive to get our lives together, financially speaking, or whatever it is. But we forget that our confidence should be in God, our provider. In God, our healer. You understand what I'm saying? So we approach him with a different kind of confidence. And we approach the problems of life with a different kind of confidence, not in ourselves. It's not because we're too good. Remember, you can still be tiny and weak and super skinny. But if you have great confidence, let me tell you, it, you will endure till the end. You will endure till the end. Don't give up, but grow in hope. Grow in hope. Let hope grow within your heart. Don't put your hope in you. Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. Don't put your confidence in you. Put your confidence in God. There's this beautiful passage in, in 1 John chapter 5. It says, verse 14, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. Wow. This is our confidence toward God. Meaning that if we ask him anything that we need, According to his will, he hears us. A lot of people think that God doesn't hear them. A lot of people think that God has turned their backs against them. But let me tell you what the Bible is saying. God is listening. God is hearing. Not only that, but he will give you what you need. You understand what I'm saying? He knows what's best for you. He is God. He's in control, and he is good, and he is kind. He knows your most intimate needs. This is what the Bible says. Jesus declared these amazing truths. You have a heavenly father that takes care of you. You have a heavenly father that cares for you. Peter, the, 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 right, next, right after John, the letter of Peter, I think, 1 Peter chapter something, verse something, he says this. He says, cast your anxieties upon Jesus. 
for he cares for you. Wow. Wow. So what is our confidence? What is your confidence? That God cares. I mean, this changes everything. If your friend cares, amazing. That's awesome. You have good friends. You know, your parents care. I mean, if they do care, amazing, awesome. You have good, good parents. He says that God cares. God cares for you. He cares about you. What is our confidence? Our confidence is that God will make all things work together for our good. What is our confidence? Our confidence is that when we're weak, he is strong. What is our confidence? Our confidence is that we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. What is our confidence? Our confidence is that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. What is our confidence? Is that we have a good Father in heaven that's watching over us, caring for us. And his name is also our healer, our protector, our provider. He goes before us. He's behind us. He's caring for us. So there's no reason us to accept and settle in for mediocrity, accept to live a life in bondage, accept to live in misery, accept and settle in for, for sin. Why? Because you have been set free. Through Christ, you've gained your victory. Through Christ, you've got, you gain your freedom. He can set you free. You have been set free already in Christ. Claim it. Name it. Believe it. Hold on to it. Because the author of Hebrews is charging us, is declaring and telling us, look, that we should hold on to our confession. The confession of our hope without wavering. And why? You confess all of these promises, but knowing that he who promised is also faithful. That he who promised is also faithful. So let me... Just finish our moment together by reading verse 22 again. It says, let us draw near to who? To God. I want to finish like this. If you've been far away from God, if you've been following God at a distance, maybe because you're still carrying part of the shame for the things you've done, or you fear him, you fear that there's only punishment left for you, or you're scared, you're scared that he's not going to welcome you, accept you, once again, right, once again, maybe if you've been following him at a distance because you're just, you just feel the weight of your sin, let me tell you, let me charge you like the author is telling us, draw near, come on, you've been far from him for way too long draw near, draw near to him draw near to his plans, draw near to his heart, draw near to his warmth embrace, draw near to his arms, draw near to his plans draw near to the things he has in store for you, draw near to a new future draw near to him who holds your life in his hands draw near to him but how? with full assurance, knowing that he is faithful, knowing that he is good knowing that have to have confidence in yourself, you need to have confidence in the Redeemer. You need to have confidence in yourself, you need to have confidence in the Provider. Not confidence in yourself, but you got to have confidence in your Heavenly Father. Come on. We invite you to stand up right now.
you respond to this message.